Hey everyone, welcome to episode 153 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. We are on a roll. This is two weeks in a row. All three of us are here. <laughs> I was tempted this week to create some witty anecdotes or banter on temptation, and then I stopped to look into the future, and I saw the ramifications of this course of action and just floated and let God steer me away <laughs> from that course. Yeah, now he's being yeah. a smart aleck. And take me down the right river. So to get full context of my opening statement, check out last week's episode, if you've missed it, where we decided that we should give up autonomy and self-will and treading water. Who, doesn't, who wants to tread water anyway? And rest, float, and let obedience be the obligation of love not the response to a command. As always, I would encourage you to not miss either the message or the podcast and become an FHC certified floater. I think mm. we need to... Oh, yeah, for sure. I, was, <laughs> I float shirts. Uh, yeah. yeah, like I float <laughs> and uh, the hashtag FHC or something like that. I think we need to get some t-shirts. Let's talk to Tammy about that. So this week, we follow up our victorious life with another installment, Follow Jesus' Plan for Meeting Temptation. And I'm like, boy, we are setting some lofty goals around here, aren't we? We're going to follow Jesus' plan. That should that should end well. That should work. Yeah. Well, since we all last sat here a week ago, I've not been able to get the ideas about temptation, obedience, and surrender out of my head. This has just been continually spinning. Saturday, a whole bunch of you caught up to me in the church lobby and various other places to also talk about this idea of floating. And, you know, that Randy and Andy talk too fast and we should slow down and talk a little bit slower like (laughs) Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, but this idea of offering our surrender versus our obedience, or at least our <laughs> best attempts at obedience, has been a confirmation of what I believe to be true for a long, long time. Growing up in bootstrap theology of church and school, this is so countercultural and so rewarding to anyone who's had to carry that load. Even if you're not sure about this yet, mm-hmm. just to think about it, just to consider it and think, hmm, what if Andy's right? <laughs> And if he is, wow, this could be pretty awesome for me to kind of let some of that weight go. And Andy, early on this past week, you referenced something that I have long wondered about when it comes to the life of Jesus in Scripture. You said we aren't privileged to know his training. We don't get to look over his shoulder as he studies Scripture. We aren't able to eavesdrop on the conversations with his friends growing up. I so wish we had the stories of Jesus' life between the return to Nazareth from Egypt and the baptism. And I know there isn't a concrete answer as to why we aren't privy to this part of Jesus' journey, but I've always felt like this would have been a chance for us to really relate with Jesus and to really kind of take that journey with him on a human level to find our commonalities and differences with our own lives and journeys in a way that just isn't available. What's your best guess as to why this part of his life was excluded? Well, I... It may have been more discouraging than encouraging. Uh, I had had one gentleman of our congregation came up to me after second service and... I forget if it was a psalm or if it was from Isaiah, where it talks about the trouble that the Messiah would have. Okay. And I think it's true that some commentators agree that this is a description of, you know, that they made up drinking songs with my name. I mean, you know, I was, my all my enemies were against me kind of thing. And that's sort of a picture of those years, according to a lot of commentators, that this was a prophecy of how the Messiah's life would go. Hmm. So... Yeah, it is a difficult thing. I mean, even the things that we do know about him were, in a way, hindrances to his followers. Even mm-hmm. the fact that he came from where he came from, you know, became okay. a, an issue. But I think someone that would also look at that and say, well, 
if that's the case, man, I resonate with that a lot. And so maybe some of those stories would have, you know, and I mean, it's, it's all, it's all second guessing or just trying to guess, but and it may be the, um, the balance between a private walk with God and a public ministry. And those years were his private, more private times. And he had those yeah. private times in his public ministry as well, where he goes yeah, he off did. by himself and he prays to the Father. And there's, we don't know much of what goes on in that conversation time. That's well, true. We don't know a lot about even when he was in his ministry, even, right. if, That's true. even if we say it's, I mean, there's even arguments about how long his ministry was because of the fact that we don't have a lot of specifics of him. There was a lot of just yeah. hanging out, yeah. a yeah. lot of hanging out. I mean, they walked everywhere and they camped out a lot. I mean, is this like, uh, <laughs> that's just real time consuming. Yeah, it doesn't make for good TV either. No. It's like, how are you going to make a show? You got to, no. con- I mean, two hours is all you need because <laughs> right. it's like, hey, haven't we done this before? Haven't we seen this? So maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe what we've seen in his earthly ministry that we do have recorded, maybe it mimics a lot of what it was like then. It almost like it's almost repetitive. Didn't mm-hmm. really, didn't really need it. Plus the way in which we, you know, we're still looking at times where recording instances as they happened were were pretty much non-existent. So you're really picking out the cream of what happened and the most impactful stories more than likely. Well, the temptations of Jesus that we talked about this week and his refusal to take the devil up on multiple offers to downgrade his status as the son of God always carries more weight when I've been sick. As I was thinking about this, I'm like, you know, you don't eat for a few days. You feel exhausted from lack of nutrition. You're just not feeling well. Nothing looks as rosy when you're feeling like that. And I think it gives us a peek into this mental and physical feelings that he was having while taking on these temptations amidst a 40-day fast. I mean, was the fast just so that the rest of us could go, oh, man, not only did he survive all three of these, he did it on a 40-day fast. I mean, is it just because, you know, if he took his robe and pulled it apart at the chest, there was a big S on there, no, like I he's think, Superman? Or why, why the fast? I think the fast is maybe some modeling for us. Hmm. Um, okay. There is value in fasting. Um, sure, yeah. And solitude. Those are two of the disciplines in the among the 13 or so classical spiritual disciplines. Maybe it's just a, it's just so that you recognize that we're, you're more prepared to do battle when you spent time in solitude and quiet. And it's interesting that Jesus says, take no thought about what you're going to eat or drink. Fasting, you know, seems to have the opposite result on most of us. Most of us <laughs> we fast, all we can think about is what we're going to eat. Right? Gonna eat. <laughs> like, when is this over? But but the clarity that comes, I, I made it a practice, not for some great spiritual thing. Nobody thinks that that would be the case. But I did fasting <laughs> through college. I'd fast on Thursdays in preparation for tests on Friday morning. Hmm. And so my mind was clear. All the blood I could have could possibly get to my brain was there for the test. That was done in place of studying? No, I said <laughs> Sort of. Sometimes. Sometimes exclusively. You're right. Oh, man. man. It also came in handy because the budget was pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that never hurts. Made school more affordable. <laughs> Make it more affordable one day a week off of meals. Well, one of my favorite parts of this week's message came in the form of confirmation and a reminder Andy, you said every one of us here has gifts. We have natural gifts that come to us genetically. We have natural gifts we've enhanced by development. We have spiritual gifts poured into our lives by the Spirit. And to all of us comes the temptation, what can I make for myself out of this gift versus what can I do for others with this gift? And all this talk about temptation, I think so many times we tend to 
just see and focus on the downsides, the heavy, the tests, the trials. We need to remember that using our gifts, which we've been given while surrendering to God, is the obedience from obligation of love, not the response to a command that we talked about last week. And that's what we want to rest in, right? Like yeah. we have something to offer. It's not all temptation 24-7, 365. <laughs> but our tendency with our gifts is to end up relying upon our gifts <laughs> instead of the gift giver as well. Okay, so that raft that I just gave y'all to listen right there, I just gave that raft, and here's Andy, and he just shot get, a dart. Get, get back in the water and float. <laughs> Andy just shot a dart into that raft, and it's quickly deflating as we as we speak. <laughs> oh, man, of the best laid analogies there, that one, that, went, uh, that one didn't go so well. But I think you're right. I think we end up just leaning back on that when, in essence, we should be saying, you know, God, what do you want me to do with this gift? How does this impact somebody well, I'll, else? I'll take Tammy and me. This is Andy speaking, not Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but like Jeff's wife and myself. Tammy is very gifted in getting the details done, is super task-oriented, likes to do things in advance. For those listening, Tammy is the worship pastor here at the right. church. So, And so she's, she's excellent at what she does. And I am at the other end of that spectrum. I, I mean... I, That's why I'm not married to I, Andy. <laughs> I, I, last minute, last. Well, you're the same way. Last, last minute, under the gun. <laughs> um, you know, just get it done under the pressure of the deadline. Kaboom, yeah. and, and make it work. And the tendency, I've watched Tammy and me working together over the years now. And the tendency is we can uh, falsely rely upon our giftedness. Mm -hmm. She can rely on and begin to put her confidence in that pre-planning, all the checks off the all the ticks off the checkbox, and I can be an idiot and rely upon last-minute come throughness, and and so we can drive each other a little crazy on that. But <laughs> but the tendency is to elevate the way we do it higher than probably it should be elevated, That's and true. put our confidence there. We're tempted we're tempted to rely on our gift versus the collaborative approach that will most benefit the church. Yeah. Although to be honest with you, I had a real hard time last week when we were talking about, I still, as it hasn't left. Has uh, no, no, no. It, you, can come, however, you can come in for counseling. Yeah. I'll, I'll see. <laughs> My door is always open. However, so. with the temptation, the floating part actually in my mind works even better because of the way in which I, I think whenever we think of victorious, I think this is the place where we go. Mm -hmm. I think we think, oh, man, you know, God does tell me, and you did mention it in your sermon, God does tell me that we're not going to be tempted more than we can handle. And But I think this is the area where you go, I got this secret problem, or I've got this issue, or I've got this hidden thing that I don't want to get out there, and I know that that's where the devil's going to go, you know. Yeah. And... The fact that we have this story of Christ in the wilderness who becomes so cued in on what it means to go into this ministry that he's about to undertake. And Satan comes in, you know, at this time where he's trying to get, you know, <laughs> cued in, right. so to speak. And he throws all this stuff at him. And, you know, like you said, there is a good little potion that Satan has for all of us because it's all personally made for each of us. It's uniquely proprietary. And for me to lay back or the fight here and think that this is going to be my battle, no, I can lay back and go, 
God's got it. He already did this. Mm. Yeah. That's the piece where I think floating really, really yeah. works. Yeah. To yeah. see somebody, yeah, to see somebody who's... Because we want to tread water. We want to we do some laps. We want to, yeah, we want to do laps me, on this. <laughs> yeah, You're me, right. Some, give me some fins so and, I can really go or, fast. Or, you right. know, we see Satan coming and we go, okay, let's get out my, you know, my books and my... My lexicon, my and not that there's all shield. that all that is bad, but I think, like well, you said, diff- it's easy to just go ahead and go. Well, I, I've got my arsenal set up, and I'm right. ready to go do battle. But but our defense cannot be our defense. Yeah, if we if <laughs> if we think that we can somehow stand up against the devil and defend ourselves against him, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I mean, it is it is not us. Yeah, uh, God's the victor. And he gives victory to his people. It's not right. something they earn. Right. Um, we surrender and we get victory. Instead of we get victory and get applauded. Those are those. <laughs> that doesn't Too work different. that way. Yeah. Well, right before we came in here, John caught me, John Monday, who will be preaching this upcoming week, which right. I just found out. And he had a question for me. And he said, so what do you think the victorious life is? He's getting ready for a sermon. Yeah. That's right. He's getting doing he's, his sermon prep. He's doing uh, and if, man on the street <laughs> interviews here. <laughs> and if, you know, we had a nice conversation. And if uh, what we were talking about has anything to do with what he's going to preach about, you're not going to going to want to miss next week. Uh, no, Easy for me uh, to say. I want to hear it. But I want to piggyback on what Jeff just said or the thoughts that he shared. Because last week I commented on, on feeling like we didn't give temptation enough credit for the power it has over us. And I think something that Andy, that you mentioned this week, really made that point hit home even harder. And Jeff just kind of referenced it. You said, I think the first thing we can learn, and this is learning from the temptation of Christ, is that temptation is custom made for each of us. And it is most powerful when it is mixed with something that isn't overtly evil. Ooh. Mm-hmm. When it isn't overtly evil and mixing it that way in in this disguise causes us to be more lax, feel like everything isn't nearly as bad as maybe we thought it should be or mm-hmm. would be, or maybe we've been told it would be, oh, you don't, you know, don't do that because that's going to be really bad. Well, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, right. it's not overtly evil. I mean, not that we put that specific sure. phrase in our, but <laughs> think about that the next time you go, is this overtly evil or, you know what I'm saying? It, it, how do we turn up our not overtly evil radar to go, you know, is this just a slippery slope? Am I being overly analytical? No, I, th- I think that's wise to think about when we when we feel like we're being pulled in any direction by forces beyond ourselves or even our own desires to be able to say, wait a second, can I sense any mixed message here? This sounds like the right thing to do. What, what I thought about it, it's the wrong thing to do. Or mm-hmm. even when sometimes when people think, oh, this feels wrong, but we're, everybody seems to be going there now. Well, what could be right about it? And to be able to sort of begin to analyze, am I mixing good and bad and enjoying the results thereof that I would not want the same if it was all good and I wouldn't Hmm. turn off if it was all bad? I know there's people out there that are listening and they're all going, yes, this sounds really good and we can lean on Christ's (laughs) victory on this, but I fail so often. Yeah. And, you know, so what? Yeah. And that's, I'm a, you are a possibility guy. You make a bad mistake, you throw your arms in the yell and how fascinating. <laughs> but they're out. <laughs> how fascinating. They're out there oh, going, man. they're swearing right now is yeah. what they're doing well, because you handled it so cavalierly. But, but the thing is, is, if it's dependent upon me, we ought to all be just miserable people. But if it's all dependent upon Christ and we mess up, 
I mean, we don't want to encourage messing up. I don't want, I don't want, okay, everybody go out and mess up some more. That's not a problem. We all mess up enough without having to be encouraged. We don't have to but, try. Yeah. But, but if we had an attitude about, oh, I just missed the mark. I just failed. I just sinned. How fascinating. What can I learn from that? Why did that happen to me now? What was I going on in my life? It's interesting because the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray, and by the way, these are great words, lead us not into temptation. But then the next line is, and deliver us from evil, Right. Yeah. which means that he's already got it in his mind that we're going to fail. Right. It's like people saying, well, when Jesus was here, he hung out with sinners. Well, yeah. what were his options? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I, I think it's really, it's really clear to know that we are fallen. I know there's a big debate about Romans 6 and 7, whether it was before his conversion or after his conversion for Paul. Right. But I've, I've been converted for a long time in my mind, and I can write that chapter today. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, I, our confidence is always misplaced if it's in us. Absolutely. And the easiest place to put our confidence is in ourselves. Not the confidence to, to victory, but the, the beating ourselves up over defeat is for sure. Well, and I, the other thing I, I heard this week, and I had a couple people say it in out loud, uh, out loud, <laughs> but in, in different ways. But I think the essence of what they were saying came back to the same question. If you're asking me to float, it doesn't mean that I just don't do anything, right? I don't give up praying. I don't give up like being concerned that I sinned. Yeah, I should be concerned that I sinned and I should recognize that. And I should say, whoa, what can I apply Next time that because I know I'm going to be in the same situation because I think for most of us, the same sins are the same ones that get us every single time. So what can I do better next time? It's not like you're asking someone to float and say, well, that means I'm just going to do like literally nothing when it comes to God. And I'm going to and he's just going to miraculously save me. We're not we're not saying that. Yeah, we're, we're close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, but, but I mean, if if. If floating, this is the James and Paul. This is right. This is James and Romans, right? Yes, exactly. And it's a discussion that we often have where we have to feel like, well, James said, and the other person says, yeah, but you know, know, Paul over here in Romans is he was right. When in actuality, they're both is, and there is a dance to this. Can I say dance? Yeah, you can say dance. I still go back to that's Titus three seven. uh, Titus, yeah, whatever three verses three to seven or four to seven. Where once we were wicked and deceived and we were messed up and we were, you know, that was our part. Yeah. And then God saved us, not because of anything we did, but because of his great kindness and mercy. Right. You know, he He poured upon us the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus did. He He washed away our sins. He declared us not guilty. And now we know we have eternal life. Right. So I think Paul, when he writes about don't think more highly of yourselves than, your, than we ought, is really a salvific conversation, not just human nature's conversation. Okay. And I just or behavior. Yeah, we, we put yeah. more we, we, oh, just, we put more on us. Take it off of you and put it on Jesus. In Christ, you are perfect. Absolutely perfect. Right. Without fault. Without fault. And that's where we get to float. Because it's floating when you know that this is not my battle. Right. This this victorious living is not my victorious living. It's because of Christ's victory. Right. Boy, and, and it's when we get caught up in these these behavioral sides that it really does, you know, this line, but Jesus did say, go and sin no more. Great plan. Uh, yeah. That's, I, I like it. I mean, there's, there's no benefit to sinning. Right. No, he's not, he's not going to be like, hey, just go out and yeah, do, do some more just, of that. Yeah, get some more of that in before <laughs> this is all said and done. That'd be great. And, yeah. 
Yeah, anyway. We ran, yeah, out, of we, we ran out of time. Well, yep. I know we're out of time, and I, I expected that again today because, <laughs> honestly, what we're dealing with here, again, the, the nuances and what we're – it seems like an oversimplification. But on the other hand, it's just us a lot of times trying to add things that just aren't there. And I like the learning opportunities that you gave. You did threefold. You talked about what we already said. Temptation is custom made for each of us. We can learn that. We can learn that preparation is important. I like that one. So again, we're not saying that you should never, you know, be prepared. Yeah, and, t- take and some floating classes. Take some floating classes. Get your uh, <laughs> the little arm floaty things there. Get those working. And also the other thing that I heard was the third thing that you said, that Jesus didn't debate, engage in discussion, or try and reason with temptation, but simply used the power of Scripture to face it. Unpack number three, just for a little bit. I know we're out of time, but just keep stay with us here. But just unpack a little bit. How do we use the power of Scripture to face temptation well, when we have, in my mind, I'm thinking about, here's my favorite sin. Right. We're not going to name it. But here's my sin. I know it's coming. I know this is what is going to get me every single time. How do I use Scripture to well, face that temptation? There's no question that that period of silence we have in Jesus' life between Nazareth and the baptism is there was a lot of Scripture being poured into his life because we hear it coming out. You know, he's, oh, yeah, he's, right, he's right. referring mm-hmm. to Scripture, and it's all Old Testament because there wasn't any new yet. And so <laughs> the, one of the ways we use Scripture to fight temptation is we seep ourselves in Scripture. I mean, we read the Bible and read it over and over and over and over again. It's different every time you read it. And there are certain sections that speak to you, and others you think, like, why is that in the Bible? But you just <laughs> true. You, you, you let that prepare you to be able to have a, a word to yourself, even in your own ear, sure. from Scripture. It's like, oh, and of course, like I do lean toward the ones like cast all your cares upon him for cares for you, you know, to rest for your souls kind of thing. But there's all kinds of texts that can give us encouragement on that journey. Can I just add to that? Because yeah, I think absolutely. it's really good. I know we're absolutely. out of time, but whenever you go into, like, say, for instance, you're going into a, a test or you're going into a an interview or something that it, that creates a lot of anxiety for you, there's always a benefit to having a structure you know, like a framework mm-hmm. for, who, you know, your belief system or for who you are or what you understand to be true. Yeah. What are the three or four points you want yeah, to get across? Because yeah. that structure is in, in those times where, you know, anxiety could spiral you really quickly. That structure is what, and I think that's what Christ does. You know, he's in a state where, you know, he's literally, he has this structure of, of remembering who he is in the light of Scripture. Hmm. And I think that's huge like that. in, in yeah. all of us. And, like he, and, and now, he, using Scripture to prepare, whatever it says about Jesus, uh, those are all things that we can use as well for ourselves because he's our advocate for us now. He's the go-between. Yeah. He's, the, he's won the battle. It's the war has been accomplished, so. I like that because that, that gives a real framework or a real idea, like you said. It Jeff. brings a narrative actually yeah. to who we are. Yeah. And, and hopefully the more you put that in, the more that's going to be the first things that come to mind when you get yeah. into these positions. Yeah. All right. Well, one of our FEG takeaways this week asked, how do you like the analogy of floating for what life in Christ should be? And I think overall, let it go a lot. <laughs> from what I've heard, I think we like it. I think we want it to be 100% true. And I, I don't doubt that it is. But if floating is an, as an analogy for surrender doesn't resonate with you, I'm going to do a follow-up here. What does? 
How have you Mm. pictured that life in Christ and what it should be? And what's your analogy? Because I think as we're asking these questions and as we're having these conversations about what does this mean? This is, this series has been a lot like the bold ask. We had a lot of questions about, you know, what, what's a bold ask? Should I, shouldn't I, is this right or is it wrong? Do I, am not asking enough? And here we're saying, maybe I'm doing too much and I just need to float and let God take care of it. So we're almost at opposites, but I've never had more people in either series then anytime else, ask a lot of questions like, hey, really enjoyed the podcast, gave me a lot to think about, still wondering about this floating, still thinking about the bold ask and different things. We have a lot more questions than we have answers. Well, that's (laughs) true. But we'd love to hear what this looks like for you and would love to share it because sometimes the way you've pictured something might be absolutely something helpful to somebody else and we'd be happy to read it here and and share and, and make this more of a crowdsourcing idea of what we're dealing with as far as the way you see it. Leave a voicemail list or text as always 407 Nine six five one six zero seven or podcast at hospitalchurch.org or any other questions that you have about this. We'll be back next week and we can answer as many questions because we'll give them to John because yeah, John's right. we'll going to be John. here. We'll make sure John answers them. So a final thoughts this week are from the closing of Andy's message and maybe no better way to end a discussion on temptation than, hey, like we talked about, turn to scripture. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Maybe the best words we've heard all day and maybe the most important for us to remember at the start of each day as we go forward, just to keep that in mind as we set those parameters and set those benchmarks for ourselves. This week it's John. And do you know what he, do you know what the uh, victorious the, life, maybe it's not all about me. Maybe it's not all about me, man. Maybe, 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 (laughs) maybe. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for sticking around a little bit longer than normal. Thank you to Tom, Andy, and Jeff. It was great to have everyone back for two weeks in a row. So as always, join us again next Wednesday for episode 154. Thanks for listening and have a great week.